So tonight we're going to talk about peace. But as I was reading and as I was looking at the scriptures, there's something that I discovered. Uh, How many of you guys have seen the bumper sticker, uh, no Jesus, no peace? So the, you know, the K-N-O-W, K-N-O-W, and then, or no Jesus, no peace, N-O, you know, N-O. No Jesus, no peace, no Jesus, no peace. We're going to talk about that tonight, and first we're going to look at the scripture uh, in Luke chapter 3, verse 13, and it says this, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. As I uh, was delving into this idea of peace, I I kind of discovered something, and it's interesting because it's kind of right there in front of you, uh, but yet we we miss it. Uh, And in the holidays, we all talk about peace on earth, right? You guys kind of heard that term, peace on earth. It's it's in holiday songs. Uh, You know, Frank Sinatra sings it. Uh, Bing Crosby sings it. Uh, You know, everybody's talking about peace on earth. But I thought it was interesting that... I haven't seen it yet, right? I haven't seen peace on earth yet, meaning like the wars haven't stopped, people are still fighting, there's still, you know, this tension, and I mean, we're seeing it right now even in our our political uh, uh, system. I mean, it's everywhere, there is fighting, 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 and to be honest with you, it feels like it's only getting worse and worse and worse. But I discovered something that I want to share with you, and and, uh, I believe that this isn't necessarily about all of a sudden everything on earth becomes peaceful, but really the peace that you will find. Because in this scripture right here, as we kind of kick it off, it says, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. We kind of stop it right at the peace on earth, but we don't kind of continue that to whom, to those whom God is pleased. There's only going to be peace to a certain group of people, and that's what we're going to talk about. So I went and I saw Star Wars today, and I promise, no, I'm not going to give any spoilers, so if you haven't seen it and you're looking forward to seeing it, but isn't it interesting that a really good movie, what does a really good movie have? Conflict, right? A really good movie has conflict, right? Uh, And and you even see it on television, you know, we get wrapped up into especially the the reality TV show, right? The reality TV shows that there's a lot of conflict, you know, there's people fighting. Um, One of my favorite TV shows, and it's off the air now, but uh, it goes all the way back, was called American Choppers. How many of you, how many remember that TV show, American Choppers, okay? Well, in it was about a father and a son who started business together, and, and I think they, uh, you know, unintentionally captured something that, um, that they didn't intend to, which is there was conflict between the father and the son, and they would get into these knockout, I'm talking, throwing things, cursing. In fact, half the episode is bleeped out. But there was fighting, and the thing was is you wanted to go back every week. Why, right? Why would we do that? But there's kind of something in our, in our nature, right? And to be honest with you, I think what it says is I'm not that bad, 
right? It, my life isn't that crazy or, or whatever, whatever it is that draws us. But it's interesting that there's something about conflict that we're all kind of attracted to, but yet we don't want it in our own lives. Amen? We don't want conflict. In fact, there's people who will do everything to avoid conflict. I'm one of those people. I hate conflict, right? I, I hate having to confront Anybody on anything, I, I would rather just kind of, hey, you know, whatever works for you, you know, I'm going to go over here and do my thing, though. But there's something, you know, about conflict, but yet Jesus talked about peace, and, and the angels talked that, you know, that glory to God, that, that Jesus would kind of bring this peace to mankind. Let's, let's look at this a little further. Luke chapter 2 is where we're at. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 25 now said, at the time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous and devout, and he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. This was uh, how most people felt. Most people who believed in the Messiah, who believed in this coming king, this is how a lot of them felt. They were waiting because they were oppressed. Uh, they were waiting to someone come and deliver them. They were hoping that like another David would come, right? King David, that another warrior king would come and he would set up his rule and reign and he would tear down, you know, at the time, Rome and all that kind of stuff. So this was what they were waiting for. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all peoples. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, now here's where it gets interesting, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God that many will oppose him, as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. We, we sometimes get this, this warm and cozy feeling when we talk about Christmas, but I, I kind of want to just be real about it too. When Jesus came, he came to bring the truth, and that's what we sometimes have an issue with. Because it reveals the truth in our own lives. And we can do one of two things. We can acknowledge it. We can turn away from our sin. Or, or we can completely deny it. Nope, nope, that's not it. Nope, I'm fine. But Jesus came to reveal the truth about us. No Jesus, no peace. Or no Jesus, no peace. So why is there no peace on earth? Why, why are we still seeing wars? Jesus has come, right? Jesus has come. Jesus walked the earth. Jesus died on a cross. Jesus conquered death. Jesus ascended into heaven. He sent his disciples out. 
The, the, the good news has, is being spread. Why is there no peace on earth? Matthew 10, verse 32. These are Jesus' own words. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. You see, it's very, very clear. There is only one way to salvation, and that is acknowledging the name of Jesus. That is believing in who Jesus is, the Son of God. That we can't go throughout life to say, well, that's a great story. We can't even go through life celebrating the holidays and and never acknowledging what Christmas is really all about. As as much as it's all warm and fuzzy and sitting by a fire or opening presents with family and and eating dinners and all that is great. But I want to be clear and I want to be absolutely honest with you that there is only one way to salvation and that is through the mighty name of Jesus. That there is only one way to peace and that is through the name of Jesus. Jesus never promised that our sinful world would be at peace. He promised that we would have peace in a sinful world. Jesus never promised. He didn't come and say, hey, I'm going to make everything just fine and dandy. Everything's going to be roses. Everything's going to work out. Everything is just going to be wonderful. It's going to be like, you know, wonderland. It's not. And that's not what he came to do. John 16, 33. He says, I have told you all these things that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. How many of you have many sorrows right now? Yeah? Right? How many of you are going through stuff? How many of you feel like, yeah, it's Christmas, but there's still turmoil? It's Christmas, but... I'm still at odds with, you know, people. It's Christmas, and there's still relationships around me that are being torn apart, that are falling apart, that are, you know, you name it. There's still stuff happening all around us. But Jesus says this. He says, take heart, for I have overcome anything and all things that you may be experiencing right now. I have overcome it. Not that I am going to bring peace to the whole world, but I am going to come and bring peace to your heart so that you can stand in the middle of a storm and still have peace. See, that's what peace in Jesus looks like. It's not about everything's happy, right? It's not about making everything look like everybody's okay. It's not about getting the family together and, hey, everybody put on a smile, right? Let's, let's act, let's pretend like everything's all right. That's not what peace is. What peace is, is that in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your tragedy, in the middle of your persecution, you can stand firm in knowing the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. That's what brings peace. That's what brings peace. So what must we understand about peace? Well, first of all, we need to understand that God is peace. 
And if you don't have God in your life, if he is not a a daily part of your life, if he is not the one that when you wake up that you acknowledge that you, you say, not my will today, God, but your will be done. If you do not have that, then I will tell you right now, you will not have peace. 1 Corinthians 14, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. If there's disorder in your life, let me tell you, it's, God's not the one orchestrating that. It's what sin does. That's what our flesh does. That's what happens when we say, I'm in control and you're not God. Why don't you just hang out where you are and I'm going to do my thing? That's when we see disorder. That's when we have unrest. The second thing that we must understand about peace is that peace comes from God. It's it's something that he extends to us. Not only is God peace, but it's something that when when we are his children, when when we are abiding in in him, it's a promise that we can have that it's something that extends from him. Psalm 29.11, the Lord gives his people's strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Now look at that scripture again. The Lord gives his people, right? His people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Again, we must seek him. We must call upon his name. We must live, right, under the shadow of his protection. If we try to live outside of that, then we're going to, you know, we're going to fail. We're going to find that conflict. Also, the next one, peace is hard work, right? How many of you have family members that uh, years and years and years and years and there's, there's still no resolution, right? I have those family members, okay? I, I, I know what that feels like. I understand. Peace is hard work. Psalm 34, 14, it says, turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. You see, there's something about living in a sinful world, something about living in a world that's in constant turmoil and in constant disarray, and you know, we are living in this place that is constantly fighting against it. We have to work at it. We have to work at peace. Listen, if there is not peace in your home, that is because you need to work at it. It's something that we need to strive for. It's something that we need to seek. Because let me tell you something. Put my wife and I in a car, put us in a parking lot right now in any given mall during Christmas, there is no peace in our car. I get very irritated with other people's driving. I do not know why I'm only the only one who knows the laws. What happened? Do people not go and take driver's tests anymore? Am I the only one? So let me tell you what happened, and this just happened yesterday. We were going up and down, and I was getting so flustered. My wife said, get out of the car. I will park the car. So I said, fine, fine. So I, I pulled the car all the way up to the front. I got out of the car. I pulled Nora out. Bella jumped out. We ran across the street. Guess what happened? She parked the car. She literally turned down the next aisle. Someone pulled out, and she parked the car. I wanted to pull my hair out. Yes. Matthew 5, 9 says, God blesses those who work for peace, and they will be called the children of God. 
Next, obedience brings peace. You see, there's this thing, right? God instructs. God kind of, kind of helps us out. He kind of has this path, and he says, hey, you, you really want the, the easiest life? Well, well, then follow me. Then choose this path. There is this idea that we need to obey God, our creator, the one who, who knows, the one from, you know, who was there in the beginning, the one who's already there in the end, the one who sees our whole life. Why is it that we argue with God? And by the way, I've done that. I've argued with God. Matthew, I want you to do this. No, 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 I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Come on now, right? The one who sees already, the one who already knows the outcome. Why do we argue with God? Well, when we don't do what God says to do, then we have conflict. And who do we have conflict with? God. I don't want conflict with God. You see, obedience brings peace. Psalms 119, 165 says, Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. Every morning, you guys, every morning I say, I, I, Lord, not my will, not my will, because my will is going to take me off I don't know where. Not my will, but your will be done, Lord God. Lord, your will be done. Also, discipline produces peace. Proverbs 29, 17 says, Discipline your children, and they will give you peace of mind and will make your heart glad. I know that's tough, right? Especially because I'm a parent. That one's a tough one. But listen, we all need discipline in our life, whether you're a kid, right? Whether you're young, all right? Or whether we're, we're older, we all need discipline in our life. We all need to know where the boundaries are. We all need to know that, you know, we shouldn't go over there. We shouldn't touch that, right? Because it'll hurt us. We're still there. We're still children of God, and we all need discipline in our life. But let me encourage you parents of young kids, because I'm seeing something changing in our culture. For some reason, we're, we're giving our kids everything they want. I'm going to tell you right now that it will only lead to chaos in their life because they will never understand obedience. They will never understand order. They will never understand God's discipline as adults. So listen, teach them now. Discipline them now while they're young so that when they're old, it will bring peace to you. Amen? God's spirit produces peace in us. His Holy Spirit, Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and it goes on. The Holy Spirit, you guys, it's a gift from God. You see, Jesus, when Jesus ascended, one of the promises that Jesus said, he said, listen, I will not leave you orphaned. I will not leave you alone. I will leave you my Holy Spirit. And my Holy Spirit will dwell within you. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit produces in us, a fruit that it produces in us, is peace. So if you're not experiencing that kind of peace in your life, you can call upon the Holy Spirit, which lives inside of you. You understand? You have God living in you through the Holy Spirit. Jesus brings peace. Ephesians 2.14, it says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. 
he united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. One of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen is when cultures come together and worship God. I love going on missions trips. I love, you know, being in different countries and we're worshiping the same God. It's a beautiful thing. We were here on on Thanksgiving and having the Korean church singing. I'll tell you something. I felt like we was heaven on earth here because I believe that's what heaven looks like. Heaven is not one culture all hanging out together. Heaven is multicultural, right? Because Jesus breaks down all those barriers that we've put up in cultures, right? That says, you know what? You're different, so I don't want any part of that. We, you guys, we were once the outcasts as Gentiles. Unless there's, you were a Jew in here, then you are one of God's people. I'm pretty sure that I'm not. I haven't done quite the whole genealogy testing, My dad is Italian. My mom is Scottish, English, French, you know, European. But we were brought in. This is the beautiful story of Jesus Christ, that that it wasn't just for the Hebrew people, that it was for all of us. You guys, that's something to rejoice about. That's something to find peace in, that we were once the outsiders, and we're the ones that have been brought into the family. The good news, you guys, brings peace. Ephesians 6.15. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. It's part of the armor of God. It's part of that, that daily kind of dressing ourselves is the shoes of peace, it, which is the good news, the gospel. And last, this is my last point. Prayer produces peace. Prayer produces peace. Philippians 4, starting in verse 6, it says, don't worry about anything. How many of you right there, you're like, oh, that's just great. I almost right there at that statement, I want to go, don't worry about anything. I'm sorry. I'm going to worry about what I want to worry about, God. But Paul writes, don't worry about anything. Instead, okay, fine. All right, so you're giving me something else to do than worry. Well, then what is it? Instead, pray about everything. Okay, well, I've got a lot of things to pray about. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. See what happens? What does worrying do? We've all done it, right? What does worrying do? Nothing, absolutely nothing. Worrying, in fact, only gives you ulcers, right? It only causes problems. It only stresses you out. It only just, you know, makes life miserable. So why do we continue to do it? But Paul gives us something else to do, which I love. He says, pray. Pray about everything. Make your request known to God, right? Make your request known. What is it? What is it that's bothering you right now? What is it that's weighing heavy on your heart right now? What person in your life is causing you grief right now? Well, what should you do? You should bring it to the Lord. You should give it to him. And then what happens when we do that? Right? 
Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That hits the nail on the head with me because it's my mind that's all over the place. When you give everything to God, when you give all your worries, when you give all your cares, when you finally come to the realization that you can't make yourself happy, and you never will, that there is only one that can, and beyond making you happy, but bring you peace, then you give him everything. And you say, here I am. And ultimately what you do is you give him your life. You give him your heart. I'm not going to fight you anymore. I'm not going to run anymore. I'm going to stop hiding anymore. I'm going I'm to get out from underneath this guilt that I'm feeling about my life. I'm going to get out from underneath this hatred that I have for this person. I'm going to get out from whatever it is that is oppressing you. I'm going to get out from underneath it, and I'm going to submit everything to the Lord, and I will guarantee you peace will come to your life. Peace. How many of you are looking for that this holiday season? I know I am. Can I pray for you? Can you close your eyes with me? I want to ask a question first. You've been at odds with God, whether it's you've been distant, whether you've been wrestling with him, or maybe you've, you've never, ever submitted your life to him. And you would say, you know what, tonight is the night because I want that kind of peace in my life. I'm going to say it again. There is only one way to be restored to your creator, to your God, and that is through Jesus Christ. That is through the belief in him. Remember what Jesus says, that if we confess him before man that he will confess him before his father I don't want to be denied and while I have the opportunity here on earth I'm going to say I believe in Jesus I believe he is the savior that comes to bring peace into my life and if that's what you want tonight Will you just simply slip up your hand and say, I'm done, I'm done fighting, amen. I'm done fighting, I'm done wrestling, I'm done arguing, I'm done being oppressed, I'm done being depressed. I want God's peace. I want to proclaim his name. He is my Lord, he is my Savior. Thank you. Let me pray for you, Father God. Would your peace right now settle upon every single person here so heavily, Lord God. Would your presence come? Would you fill us full with your Holy Spirit that produces peace in our lives? May we understand that we cannot control the things around us, that we have to give those things to you, that we have to trust you. But Lord, what you do promise is peace in our very soul. Peace on earth to whom, right? Peace on earth to whom God is pleased. I invite you to not forget that this Christmas. 
that whatever is going on in your life, I'm not here to tell you that it's all going to stop. But why, what I'm here to tell you that God can bring peace to you in the midst of what's going on in your life. So Lord, may your peace rest upon us today. Lord, we thank you for your salvation. It's for anyone, Lord, it's for all. We thank you for your salvation. We praise you, we worship you, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.